0: Welcome back to your Daily Dose, I'm Bob Codges. Today, Nick and I span the globe exploring the things that intimidated us and the things that inspire us and finding that sometimes they're the same things. We go from cathedrals to art museums to thwarting pickpockets, all the while taking stock of our lives and artistic choices, all in six and a half minutes. Yeah, it's that kind of episode. Enjoy.
1: I went to and i always feel kind of uh, bougie saying this out loud but i went to barcelona oh barcelona on my way to prague <laughs> it was for it was for school it was for the mba program and so we were going to prague as part of a class that we were doing there and some of my classmates and i decided to go to barcelona first for a few days because how often do you get to go to europe in general and or specifically i guess
0: that's amazing
1: And it was... I didn't know what to expect because it was still kind of outside my comfort zone to explore on a worldwide level. Like, I can go to New Orleans. I can go to Tampa. I can go to Jacksonville. I can go in the United States and probably be okay. But there's still, you know, this level of intimidation of traveling overseas. Yeah, yeah. It's something new. It's a little more uncomfortable. They don't speak the language. We were warned, I think, because... I'm not really sure. They obviously don't want students to have a bad experience. But we were warned so much about pickpockets (laughs) that I brought like a second wallet to keep in my back pocket so that people would steal that and not my actual wallet, which is in my front pocket. And now I've given that away so everybody knows where my real wallet is. But... I remember going to Greece when I was younger. My grandmother sent me over so I could spend time with some family. And I was like 18, 19 years old. So I didn't have the capacity to really appreciate it. Um, And I was definitely too scared to travel too much. So I basically stayed on the same island the entire time, going to the beach, which I lived and grew up by the beach. So it was a little bit pointless. But I remember being kind of intimidated by the level and amount of history they have there. That there Mm -hmm. was just, what have I done I'm this tiny speck you know, in this universe. Look at these statues, look at these old forts, look at these things. So when I went to Barcelona, I was you know, kind of girding my loins for the same feeling. And the Sagrada Familia, if you're no pun intended familiar with it, is this church that they've been, Gaudi was the name of the uh, architect that designed it. He's long dead, but they're still working on it because they're doing it all the old ways. Right, like There's some cranes and stuff, but everything is hand-hewn. Everything is put up in a very specific way. And they still have probably another 20, 30, 40 years on it after mm-hmm. working on it for 150 or whatever it is. I'm sure some of my numbers are off. It is amazing. It's a cathedral, and it, it does the things a cathedral should in terms of just making you feel small but at the same time uplifting you.
0: Yeah, part of something huge.
1: Yeah, and I'm not particularly religious, but it was and it was probably the first time I stepped inside of a church in years, but man, it was a lot to take in. So we did that in the morning. I could have spent all day there, but we were there for 2-3 hours. And then that evening we went to the Picasso Museum there. And so that's one of the places that he spent some time and they had some interesting pieces but it was mainly all his really early stuff which I was surprised to learn that he was an accomplished trained muralist
0: portrait Oh yeah.
1: I mean he could paint
0: photo real. He could paint a tomato to look like a tomato. It was amazing.
1: I had no idea.
0: I I didn't love Picasso until I saw those. Yeah. Because I assumed that he did things the way he did because he couldn't do it another way. And I realized when I saw his earlier work that it was a choice.
1: Oh, it made all of his later stuff. So they had that stuff and then they had his really late, late in life stuff. Um, And so like the Blue Period, the... All those other things, they're really famous. Those are in other museums right, elsewhere. Right. So this kind of the beginning of his creative career and the end of his creative career and the end of his life, uh, it overwhelmed me. Like, And that's where I found that it was no longer so much the intimidation of all these things, of all these people who are creating these amazing things. i I don't know if it was a conscious decision or an unconscious decision, but I decided that it was... Inspiration.
0: Yes. Well, I think the difference between the two in my mind, and please to argue if you disagree, is that intimidation builds an expectation on you. Mm-hmm. Inspiration is just taking the juices it's offered. Intimidation is inspiration with stress because you're you're inspired and you're like, I'll never be able to do this. Right. And the reality is you don't know. You might be able to. You know, our expectations sometimes are the enemy. But I, I think intimidation is also a good thing. When I do street painting, I I chalk right next to people who are far better artists than I am. Far better on the sidewalk and far better in general as artists. I'm not being humble and saying these people are masters. And I feel a sense of intimidation being near them because they are so good. But that intimidation, I think, is almost all based in my ego And my fear that someone's going to look at their work and look at my work and go, he shouldn't even be on the ground with that person. Do you feel your work is stronger because you were next to that person? Yes, yes, but not relatively. Not if you look at them both at the same time. Of course. But but I'm doing better work because I refuse to settle. Yeah. Because I know that what's possible. And I think that's kind of the concept that you were talking about when you go and you look at these things that intimidate you uh, is that they've proven to you now that <laughs> you don't have an excuse to say it can't be done. The question is, can you do it? And, and I like that. I hope that the energy behind that is enough to make you try. Because you're, you're not going to be Picasso the first time you try, second time, or 100th, or 1,000th. But 10,000th? Who knows? You know
1: and it doesn't have to necessarily be painting
0: either no what you to be
1: the picasso of voices of voice work
0: that would be a cool thing you would be almost not understandable
1: you ready <laughs> i'm gonna do my first one hey how'd i do that was fantastic yeah,
0: that's what i thought i feel like i saw changes in your face while you were doing that and you were a different person together i almost cried pursue this okay you need to go for it thank you good
1: On second thought, can I be the Frida Kahlo or Salvador Dali of voice work? Second, second thought, how about Mel Blanc or June Foray? Aim high and let amazing artists inspire. Speaking of inspiring, thank you so much for listening. If you want to learn more about Bob and I, visit his site, flightofideas.net, or me at toacertaindegree.com. We would love to hear from you. Email, messages on social media, lightly salted snacks, however you want to communicate with us.